Hey there, everybody. James Knoll here coming to you from the hallowed bowels of Studio X in ye grand old Fredericksburg, Virginia. It is June 15th, and I am so excited for a multitude of reasons. First of all, I am not a huge gamer, but I do love me some post-apocalyptic first-person shooters. Bioshock, Bioshock Infinite were incredible. Borderlands, Doom, Dead Space, Dishonored and a dozen other probably that I haven't played or even thought about. But my favorite ever is The Last of Us. And this Friday, the sequel, The Last of Us 2, is coming out, and I love it. I love it. My students in the past have stayed up all night waiting for the release of Call of Duty or you know, some other game that they love, and then stayed home the next day playing it all day long. And you know, I'm not like that. I love to play this particular game. But I like to draw my video games out. It's kind of like the same way that I listen to music. You know, I, I like to make it last. I'm not going to run that uh, CD or album or whatever it is into the ground. Um, but I will be somewhat distracted for a period of time over the next couple of weeks, even though I probably don't have the time to be doing this because I really do love this game. But I am really psyched because of the huge announcement I promised you last week regarding Lilith, the short horror film, the short quiet horror film Lilith that I am producing. We have our cast. Lilith and Cece have been cast. And Lilith is going to be played by none other than Best Actress Oscar nominated, Golden Globe Award winning, Independent Spirit Award winner, LA Film Critics Circle Award winner, and veteran of over 200 films, the amazing Sally Kirkland. So if you don't know her, she was in 9 billion things. She was in The Sting, Blazing Saddles, The Way We Were, A Star is Born, the one with Barbara Streisand. She was on Three's Company, Kojak, The Incredible Hulk, Charlie's Angels, Falcon Crest, Big Bad Mama. I mean, come on. Sally is Hollywood royalty, and she's going to be in a movie that I am producing. She's got nine projects in post-production right now, and two more in pre-production, including Lilith. This is just amazing, and she's going to be absolutely fantastic. Cece is also cast, like I said. She is going to be played by a new actress, Shalom DeSoto. Shalom is just starting out. She's been in three short films so far. She's a writer. She's been on Tech Crew as a first AC. She's incredible. Uh, and I cannot wait to meet them and watch them bring this awesome story alive. It's just so exciting. So that's it. Those are my two big announcements. I am getting the crew together this week, and we'll be in Tech Reads and pre-production uh, for the next month or so, and then we're making this happen this summer. Check out all the links in the show notes. Go to LilithFilm.com. Check out the Lilith IMDB page. Uh, check out the merch. Help support the movie. We can still use some support. Every penny helps, as you know. And a healthy portion of the budget is going towards creatives and local crew, local business, hospitality, restaurants. And this is just super awesome to be a part of this. So now, this is kind of anticlimactic, I guess, but... I did produce another chapter of The Rabbit, the Jaguar, and the Snake for you guys this week. This chapter is back to Catherine Wheeler's story. The last time we saw her, uh, she was in the middle of getting attacked by some crazy monster, that Taquani. And even though she was saved by the widow Mrs. Feldman, 
it doesn't appear like she's doing very well. So here it is. Chapter 4, The Rabbit, the Jaguar, and the Snake. The second time that we've seen the Jaguar. Wheeler awoke to the smell of something savory cooking. Her head ached, her tongue was dry, her body felt crushed. Pain radiated everywhere, and it was all she could do to stifle the moans that wanted to escape her lips. She let it wash over her, writhing, trying to ride it out. It finally receded from her core, coming to a fine point in the meat of her shoulder. When she could think clearly, she realized that she'd been strapped down to a wooden table. The ceiling above her was cracked and dingy, Cobwebs hung in corners, the smell of mold and rot mingled with the smell of the food. An old woman's voice, husky and dark, sang from someplace nearby. What got ye ye dinner, oh Frankie, my son? What got ye ye dinner, my stupid young man? I got eels boiled and brew. Mother, make my bed soon, for I'm weary and fain while lie down. Wheeler let her head roll to the side, and there in the corner hunched a cat tearing away at something large and shapeless. She flexed her wounded arm against the restraints, trying their strength, and immediately regretted it. A bolt of pain shot from her shoulder to her fingers, and she moaned and sucked in her breath. The cat perked up and looked at her, eyes glinting in the light. Its muzzle was matted with blood, and a strip of meat hung from the corner of its mouth. When it saw she was awake, it darted away, heading for the sound of the singing. Oh, I'll swell and I'll die, mother, make my bed soon. I'll swell and I'll die, my head do swoon. The cat meowed. Fuck off, demon, you little pest. I'm conjuring a brew for our damsel in distress. Ha! That rhymed! Demon loosed an unending stream of yowls, punctuated by the old woman's periodic grunts. Okay, okay, she finally said. Lead the way. Demon continued to meow as he led her to Wheeler, and then the old woman was there, staring down at her. You must be a strong one, she said. Strong enough to survive a Taquani bite, huh? Wheeler tried to speak, but her throat was too dry and the only thing that would come out was a hoarse croak. The witch clucked her tongue. Don't talk, don't talk. Let Mrs. Feldman do her work. She shuffled over to an ancient hutch across the room, her wool skirt swishing, carrying in its folds secrets deep and dank. The drawers creaked as she opened them and rummaged around, muttering under her breath, head hung low, looking nothing like the stout figure that fought off the monster in the alley. The language she spoke was strange, sometimes harsh and guttural, sometimes sweet melodic. Demon wound around her feet, and she hooked her leather boot under him and deftly lifted him aside. Where are you, you little sneak? Ah! She returned to Wheeler, a jar filled with clear liquid in her hand. Drink this! She propped Wheeler's head up and, before she could protest, poured the liquid into her mouth, then pinched her nose shut. It was thick and sweet, and when she swallowed, it coated her throat and spread warm and gentle into her belly. She felt fuzzy. Nothing like spug juice to coat the throat, the witch said laying her back down. You got an ache here, huh? She pressed her thumb into the wound in Wheeler's shoulder, and Wheeler screamed, the pain clearing her head. Uh-huh, uh-huh, that's what I thought. She pressed her thumb in again, deeper this time, and again Wheeler screamed. When her vision went black in the corners of her eyes, she started to pass out, and the old crone slapped her awake with her other hand. 
Don't be such a baby. It's just a sting. Maybe you shouldn't be drinking in the alley, huh? Not the best idea for a pretty girl. Me, maybe. She squeezed Wheeler's bicep, elbow, and forearm. You feel that? Wheeler moaned a little, and the old woman slapped her again. You feel anything? Wheeler pushed through the pain and the wooziness to think. Had she felt that? Felt that at all? No, she managed. Uh-huh, uh-huh. The old woman turned around again. Wheeler reached out, meaning to grab her by the wrist, but the numb fingers wouldn't cooperate, and all she managed to do was hook her thumb in one of the folds of her coat. Gonna, gonna... What? What's that? Speak up, I can't hear you. Get you, bitch. The old woman recoiled. Her mouth worked, and her face cycled through an array of emotions. Anger, hatred, melancholy, bemusement, before settling, finally, on the one she felt best suited her actual feelings in the matter. A smile. She burst out laughing. <laughs> Did you hear that, demon? She called me a bitch! Demon merely sat, his blue eyes calm and expressionless. The old woman's mirth died with his lack of a reaction, and she grabbed Wheeler by the upper arm again, and again Wheeler writhed in agony. She shoved her wrinkled, leathery face up to Wheeler's smooth, healthy one. Her breath smelled like garlic and onions. I'm a witch, not a bitch, she snarled. But I might be a bitchy witch! She guffawed again, spittle flying out of her mouth and landing on Wheeler's cheeks. You hear that, demon? I'm a bitchy witch! Demon meowed. Don't you dare agree with me, you filthy animal! Demon meowed again. You're damn right it's a good joke! I'm a funny witch! A funny bitch! A funny bitchy witch! Then she turned and danced back into her kitchen, singing, A witchy bitch! A bitchy witch! Wheeler didn't notice. The pain had returned, roiling through her body. She took deep breaths, willing it away. It was a trick she'd learned as a child when her father fell a little too deep into the bottle, grew a little too loose with his fists. It might take a while, but she learned that if she tried hard enough, if she focused on her breathing and not the pain, that she could go somewhere else, somewhere where she didn't feel anything, where she was still herself, but not in herself. It helped her when her face was bruised and swelling, and helped with the cancer treatments, the fear, and the nausea. Now, however, she couldn't make it work. Maybe the wounds were too deep, deeper than those her father used to make. Maybe it was the room, the crazy old woman, the strange cat, the shapeless form lying in the corner. Whatever it was, the pain wouldn't go away. But she did grow calm. She did grow centered. She was going to get out of this. The old woman, whoever or whatever she was, she'd seen her kind before raving in the streets, pounding limb and forehead against the pink pads of the rubber room. They were frightening at first, that was true, but no different from any of the other fine specimens of humanity she dealt with on a regular basis. To be honest, the drunks were worse, violent and unpredictable. The druggies and the mentally ill had hard definitions. She knew how to subdue PCP. She knew how to corral dementia. But the drunks turned on her, like her father. And even though she knew how to swallow the rage and the fear, it always crept up on her when she confronted one. A lump in the throat, a ball of energy in her chest, freaked her out and angered her all at once. But this old woman? Well, it'd be easier if the roles were reversed, wouldn't it? Usually all it took was a shot to the arm to put one down. Thorazine for the truly violent, Ativan or Haldol for the merely whacked out. But that wouldn't help now. Not only was the lunatic the one in charge, but she was in her own kitchen, with access to forks and knives and cutting boards and God knew how many other tools. Wheeler blinked the tears out of her eyes and let her head roll to the side again. The shapeless form in the corner, she saw what it was now, the forearm of the beast from the alley, partially eaten. 
The witch came back into the room holding a black iron kettle by the handle with two oven mitts dyed the color of blood. The kettle was etched with arcane runes and unspeakable designs, and its contents boiled and snapped, smelling like rotting fish mixed with bleach. In the other hand, she held a long, thin, serrated knife. Perfect for carving meat. Tut, tut, your time is up, she said, placing the kettle on the ground. Wheeler jerked against her restraints, but they wouldn't give. Wait, she said, please. The witch stared at her levelly for a moment, and Wheeler thought she might have read some pity there, as if in that one moment her features softened. But she was wrong. Oh, my little dearie, the witch said. How else are we going to get them little squirmies out? Then she jammed the knife into her arm and started to saw. Wheeler came around some time later to the sound of the old woman singing again. Buggies, buggies, come outside. No more flesh for you to hide. She felt something tugging around inside of her. Come on, come on. Trying to hide, eh? Aha! Wheeler moaned, and the witch said, Awake now, are you? Good. You'll want to see this. She squeezed Wheeler's cheeks with one calloused hand and turned her head. The witch had cut her arm the entire length of the muscle, from her shoulder to the crook of her elbow. Jagged and torn, it looked less like a surgeon's cut and more like the kind the butcher might make. Not that she expected anything different. The only consolation was that she couldn't feel a thing. Her entire side had gone numb from the neck down. The witch pointed at the exposed meat. See that? Wheeler shook her head, and the witch frowned into the wound. She started to whistle, high-pitched and atonal, and when that didn't give her what she wanted, she stopped and spat on the ground, disgusted. Little buggers is playing hide-and-seek. She wiped her hands on her dirty skirt and held up a sooty thumb and finger. Looks like I'll have to pinch him out myself. Then she pushed her fingers into Wheeler's arm. She poked and prodded, eyes rolling to the ceiling, tongue popping out, like she was rooting around for change between a pair of couch cushions. Finally, she snagged something. Uh-uh-uh, she said. Wheeler felt a tug deep in the muscle. Come on, get out here, you little demon. Demon meowed. Not you, demon. This demon here. Ha! She pulled out a ball about the size of a marble and held it up to the brown light for both of them to see. Nasty little fucker, isn't he? Wheeler cleared her throat, smacked her lips. When she spoke, her voice was little more than a scratchy rasp. What is it? It's a little squabby, burrowing inwards to turn your innards into outards. The relief came slow, but it did come. Her arm, still numb, seemed a little lighter. The witch put the squirming egg on the table, grabbed the knife, and pinned it down to the wood. Then, picking up the kettle, she gave Wheeler a brown-toothed smile. Now we'll show the cunt, won't we? She splashed a dollop of the boiling concoction onto the egg, and it squealed, high-pitched, louder than Wheeler thought possible. Oh, poor baby. Is that what made my arm hurt so bad? The witch steered the kettle over her arm. One of many, dearie, she said. Then she upended it into the open wound. Later, she awoke again with a gasp, as if breaking the surface of a deep pool. The numbness had subsided, and a dull ache that ran deep into the bone pulsed in her shoulder. She looked at it and saw that she'd been branded. She couldn't tell what the symbols were. The brand was too fresh, the skin too swollen, to see anything but puffy skin. Something tickled her forearm, and she looked down to see Demon licking the gash in her arm, or what was left of it. The skin had healed. Wherever the cat licked, the wound sewed itself back up. He stopped abruptly, leaving a few inches open, and gave her a placid look, licking his chops and purring. Wheeler actually laughed a little bit. Then something in her arm disturbed him, and he backed away, his back arched, and let up a growl. Huh? The witch called from the kitchen. The cat yowled again, this time partially swallowing it at the end, and the witch bustled back into the room, wiping her hands on her coat. That's impossible. Let me see. 
She shoved him off the table and leaned in to inspect Wheeler's arm, humping and unsatisfied. She sniffed the edges once, twice, then drew back, more intrigued than anything else. Then she eyeballed the dead egg pinned down by the knife. What's this, then? To Wheeler. Bad news for you, missus. Bad news for you. She unbuckled the straps holding Wheeler down and helped her sit up. When she saw the last two inches of the gash still open, she tissed and shook her head. Demon, she snapped. Finish the job, damn you. And she bustled back into the kitchen. The cat hopped back up on the table and started licking Wheeler's arm. And Wheeler, bemused and amazed, watched the last of the skin sew shut. When he was done, she said, Uh, thanks? Don't you thank that demon, the witch cried from the kitchen. He's the spawn of Lucifer, he is. Turn your back and I'll slit your throat. The cat shot a baleful look at the kitchen and hopped off the table, trotting over to the monster's limb in the corner to finish his snack. The witch bustled back in, a steaming mug in her hand. See? Look at him now. He's a killer. Eat up, you little monster. Eat up! She handed the mug to Wheeler. It smelled of lavender and mint. What's this? She asked. What is it? What is it? Fuck you, that's what it is. You hear that, demon? What is it? Wheeler thought about smashing the mug against the old woman's head. It would give her at least a moment to grab the knife, get to the kitchen, and from there, where was she? Did it matter? She needed to escape and, hey, the witch said, snapping her fingers. Wheeler blinked. Don't you think I know what you're thinking? I'm not. Oh, yes, you are. Yes, you are. I've seen your kind before. You're a tough missus, a tough missus. Grew up around brothers, yeah? And your daddy? He was none too kind, no? Always a man to tell you what you can't do, usually with his fists. Wheeler, though shocked at the accuracy of the comments, didn't betray it. She put her nose in the mug and sniffed. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You're a tough one. And smart. There's a knife right there. You got a mug filled with hot tea and a kitchen filled with knives behind me. But I tell you what. She tottered over to a hook in the wall and took down a stout black cane. The handle had been fashioned into a silver onk and red runes were burned into the wood. You do what you're thinking? It won't be long before the rest of them eggs work their way from your shoulder into your neck. They'll fill your throat. But that ain't the worst part. As you're lying there, wishing you'd listen to that crazy old bat instead of beating her up, you'll feel them eggs grow and grow until... Pop! <laughs> Wheeler didn't know how to react. On the one hand, she'd seen an old woman draw an egg out of her own arm. She'd seen a cat sew up a massive wound by licking it. It was real. It happened. On the other, this whole thing was beyond belief. And the woman was, at best, unstable. She wanted to run, felt the need to escape in the very marrow of her bones, but didn't know where or how to do it. She was too terrified to even start. And what if the witch was right? Demon, the old woman said. Come on, you nasty brute. We gotta visit your favorite scatet. Demon stopped gnawing on the arm to lose a defiant cry. Ah, it'll be here when you get back. The cat took another quick bite before the witch hissed at him and moved over to nudge him with her foot. He reared back on his haunches, claws out, ready to fight, but the witch only laughed her chuffy laugh. <laughs> you think I'm afraid of you, monster? Demon grumbled and growled but lowered his paws. He licked some of the blood off his muzzle, glaring. The witch ignored him. You, girl, you gonna drink that tea or not? Times are wasted and the eggs is quick. Wheeler didn't move. And after half a moment, the witch threw up her arms and said, Have it your way. Then she raised the cane over her head. We're running out. We're running out of time. 
thank you everybody for listening this week. Don't forget to check out LilithFilm.com, jamesknoll.net forward slash BG, and you can support this show for as little as $1 on Patreon.com. It's Patreon.com forward slash Mad Tales. You guys rock. I'll see you next week. Dude.